Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Consider becoming a Texas Football Insider, our subscription package at TexasFootball.com slash insider. Besides helping to make shows like this possible, you'll also get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of access to exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. That includes stuff like premium podcasts, our archives. We've got all 60 years of the magazine digitized, recruiting analysis, and must-see insights from the Dave Campbell's Texas football crew. If all of that sounds good to you, consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas football insider at texasfootball.com slash insider. That's texasfootball.com slash insider. And thanks for listening. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk, built by nature. Make sure you catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on TexasFootball.com and on Facebook. And if you like the show, subscribe on the podcast vendor of your choice. Give us a positive rating and tell a friend. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, a show on the internet. My name is Greg Tupper. I am the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us, whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com or on Facebook. Hi, Zuckerberg. Or listen to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor. Of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I'm sitting here, sitting over there at the helm, making it sound good, looking through the Facebook comments. There's it's, a lot of them. It's the Duchess of the Dorks. It is Ashley Pickle. Hello, Ashley. Howdy. How are you? I am just mighty fun. Did you enjoy, and we'll get to our review of Friday Night Lights, the movie, for Friday's show later, but did you enjoy your evening? Loved it. Okay. Had a great time. Okay. Roommates enjoyed it, too. They were pumped to... uh Go to work. Go to work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was like, hey, I got to work tonight. Y'all want to join? And they kind of looked at me like, what? Do you and ever? I was like, no, this is fun. This is another. I, I'm sure. Look, we're 592 episodes in. We're 892 episodes in. We talked about everything. But <laughs> it is weird to describe your job to somebody. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, it's I, just, I basically, typically, I stick to the magazine and the website. That's what I do. I it's like there's way too much else that goes so, into it. So, so let me add, okay. And first, then I can say video content. Let me introduce so. let me first of all introduce sitting in my right the Allen Iverson to my backpack art uh, it's Ishmael Johnson. Uh, <laughs> do you hear about that? Yeah. He got $500,000 of jewelry stolen by yep. from him. Allen Iverson did. Jeez. Boy, AI rough. Anyway, so if somebody comes up to you and says, "Hey, what do you do?" Yeah. What do you say? I'm a magazine editor. Okay. And yeah. then, like, you know, in the year, oh, cool. And then I explain the magazine, and then I explain, like, and then obviously we have a website, you know, things like that. But I really don't get into, like, the details of, like, Ooh. oh, I also do basketball. I, also, I don't do that much. See, it's unless funny. Unless they ask. Yeah. Because it's funny, because I say, and this is weird, but I say I'm a writer. That's fine. I yeah. say I'm a writer. I write for a football magazine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, you know, I don't, I don't, people don't care about my position. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, what it's called or stuff like that. But if they, you know, if they've heard of the magazine, mm-hmm. then they then they have a bunch more questions. Sure, to sure. Yeah. I feel like the biggest thing, too, is well, what do y'all do once football's over? Like, it's yeah. like we just have six months off. You yeah, know, no, we just sit around thumb no, up our butt. Uh, right. not, and then they say, well, do you cover a bunch of other sports? And it's like, well, we have basketball, but no, football's kind of year-round around here. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we, there's a lot of football. Yep. Um, you know, Ish handles the basketball stuff. And, um, you know. We we, we, we got a lot of stuff. We keep we busy. I mean, I'm already I'm already starting on the summer book, guys. Yeah. I know it's January 28th. Oh, I'm more bogged down with video content right now than I was during the season. Right. Yep. <laughs> exactly. 
That's right. We anyway. stay busy. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we're not just sitting around. I mean, yeah. Now, we are saying that hoping that our boss is listening. <laughs> we do a lot We of stay work. really busy. Very don't worry. Busy. <laughs> don't check. Don't check the time card. Uh, today is Tuesday, January 28th, 2020. 303 days until Thanksgiving. Episode 892. 892, that's Adrian Beltre's OPS in 2011. That was a, an AL championship season. On today's show, guys... Um, realignment is now six days away. UIL realignment. We're going to give you seven teams to keep an eye on when realignment comes out on Monday, um, spanning across all the classifications. Uh, so we will get into that. And then back half the show, a conversation we had in the office, uh, about a week ago, we're going to bring onto the air, which is, Hey, are there any college football coaches in Texas who are actually on the hot seat this year heading into 2020? We'll get into that coming up here at the back half of the program. TexasFootball.com has complete coverage of the 2020 UIL realignment presented by our friends at James Hardy. Uh, make sure you check out all of the mock realignments that we have up at TexasFootball.com, TexasFootball.com slash realignment. We will have our live show from Birdville on Monday. There was a question about that. Mies asked to clarify as to whether or not that show was going to be on Fox Sports Southwest mm. or TF Today. No, we're talking about Texas football today. Yeah. There is also there is a Fox Sports Southwest realignment special that comes on the air at 9. Um, you can watch them. I'm supposed to tell you to watch them too. Uh, but you know, have dual, a dual screen, dual it. screen it. Yeah. Get on, get on, hang out with your Texas football today. Friends. We're doing Texas football today, live 930 AM on Monday here, wherever you're watching this now. So if you're on Facebook or you're on TexasFootball.com slash live, either way, it will be the same place on Monday. We will not have a noon show. We'll have a 930 show. So make sure uh, you tune in for that. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's a big day. And if you want to get prepared, there is a podcast up for you, Tap and Step, uh, our premium high school podcast for insiders, uh, talking about which, um, which to get, kind of give you an overview of what to watch for in realignment. Uh, I highly recommend that because Matt Step is on it. On the downside, I am also on it. So a little, little A, a little B. But there are, I think, a number of teams that I think – if you identify which teams to keep an eye on heading into realignment that you can identify. I always think of it as 9 o'clock rolls around, mm -hmm. and um, you've got uh, Johnny Businessman, right? Sure. He's also a Texas high school football fan. Sure. Mm -hmm. He can get to work at about 8.55, pour himself a cup of coffee. He's going to be like, oh, hey, you know what? Today's realignment day. Yeah. I'm going to log on, log on, check out the alignments. Mm -hmm. But he's got a meeting at 9.10. So he doesn't have a ton of time to just dive through all the alignments. Yeah. So which teams should you be keeping an eye on? Which teams are the most intriguing going into UIL realignment? Because I'll be honest, there are other teams that, in my opinion, I mean, I hate to tell you this, they're just not that interesting as far as realignment is concerned. I will give you an example. All of the 6A El Paso teams, entirely uninteresting. Love you guys, but we know what's going on. Yeah. Okay. Let me, let me break it down for you. You guys will be in District 1. Mm -hmm. You'll be in District 1, 6A. It'll be Coronado, Franklin, uh, Montwood, Americas, Pebble Hill, Socorro, Eastlake, and Eastwood. That is a hot take. Yeah. But that is what's going to happen. It's not that you're uninteresting. It's just it's your, your realignment profile not is not particularly not, interesting. It's chalky. Right. Yeah, it's chalky. We know it's going to happen. But there are seven teams that there is legit intrigue. Not seven teams. There are many, many teams where they're going. But here are seven that I think you can identify as far as big-time names where they're going to go. We'll start in 6A. And we'll start with the two-time 6A Division One runner-up, and that's Duncanville. So Duncanville's in an interesting situation. 
This past realignment, they were thrown into a district with Dallas ISD and Richardson. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dallas ISD and Richardson. And they were, um, and, and, you know, they wrecked shop during, th- during that realignment. And, you know, things went pretty darn well for them. But here's the problem. There is now only one Dallas ISD 6A team mm-hmm. in Skyline. All the rest of them have dropped down to 5A. Mm-hmm. Okay? So there's only one, Skyline. And Skyline's kind of a – Skyline can go a bunch of different places, right? Skyline's kind of an outlier. That kind of makes Duncanville a bit of an orphan as far as realignment is concerned. They're kind of on their own. But there is a pretty decent chance they could get realigned with – they're old district bunk mates. Which, I mean, as a casual fan, I think this is where I would hope for. A <laughs> long I-20. Yeah. yeah. We're talking about Cedar Hill and DeSoto. Mm-hmm. You could very much see Duncanville, Cedar Hill, and DeSoto in the same district, not to mention with teams like South Grand Prairie, right? Mm-hmm. Keep an eye on that. Where Duncanville goes will be very instructive. It would be It's kind of hard to imagine that they will not be in Region 1. I imagine they'll still be in Region 1. You know, anything's possible. Sure. But... If they are in Region 1, rather, if they get aligned into with the DeSotos and the Cedar Hills, you're talking about a district of doom there, Mm -hmm. there in South South Dallas. So I've got my eye on Duncanville heading into realignment. In 5A, I've got a couple of them. One of them is Abilene Cooper. Abilene Cooper is in a weird spot, okay? Abilene Cooper is a 5A Division 1 squad, and there are basically two options as to where Abilene Cooper could go. District 1 is almost certainly, again, it's UIL. They can do whatever they want. But almost certainly, District 1 in 5A Division 1 is going to be El Paso. With El Paso Chapin opting up to 5A Division 1, that did the UIL a huge favor because they were stuck with three El Paso teams out there. Now they've got four. They can just make that a four-team district and say, cool. District 2 is almost certainly going to be a combination of Amarillo and Lubbock schools. Okay, The, the, the Tascosas of the world who's dropping down from 6A, uh, Lubbock Coronados, etc. Probably going to be District 2. District 3 is probably going to be, think like West Fort Worth. Mm-hmm. Okay, Think uh, Crowley, think Saginaw, Granbury, uh, things like that. Azel, things like that. Abilene Cooper is right in the middle of those two, of two and three. They could go north and west and go up and play with Amarillo and Lubbock. It's a bit of a haul for them. Mm-hmm. Or they could be put in a Metroplex district. They could be put in with the Azels and the Brewers and the Granberries. It's also a haul. It's a haul, but it's a little bit better. Closer, From yeah. what I understand, they have requested to go into the DFW mm-hmm. uh, district. They want that because it's a little bit better travel. Mm-hmm. We'll see. The UIL doesn't have to listen to anybody except themselves. Right. So they can request all they want. Anyway, that is, that is very interesting. They've been, yeah, they've been to that Lubbock. I mean, the past couple of years they've been in that Lubbock kind of area, right? That more west. Yeah, they've Northwest. been more west. Yeah. Correct. So we will see where Abilene Cooper lands. We will also see where Longview lands. Longview is dropping from, if you didn't know, Longview is dropping from 6A down to 5A Division One, And... They are, I think they've got two real options. They can, it's, it's them, out, out in like true East Texas, there's only two 5A Division I squads. And that would be John Tyler and Longview. Right. 
it's I find it hard to imagine that the UIL is going to split them. Mm-hmm. I figure they're a package deal. So there's two particular options for them to go. One would be to send them west. If they get sent west, they're talking about a district with West Mesquite, with Midlothian, maybe with Lancaster, maybe with Highland Park. Mm-hmm. That could be interesting. Or they could get sent south with Lufkin, with Lufkin, uh, and then with College Station, maybe even on down to New Caney. Like, mm-hmm. we're talking about down to, like, northern Houston area. Yeah. So where the Lobos go... You know, along with John Tyler, if you imagine that they're a package deal, where they go is going to be pretty instructive of what the UIL was thinking as far as how they want these big pieces to align. So do they go west to DFW or do they go south to the Piney Woods and to or rather the the deep, deep East Texas Piney Woods? All the way down to Houston, and call, maybe College Station gets thrown in there. As for well. six, for six A, they were thrown west. They're right, thrown west. Rockwall, yeah. Mesquite, uh, Mesquite, and all that mm-hmm. stuff. So exactly. Our, so, uh, is that desi- what they're thinking? Or our designated Lobo fan, Allison Brown, is saying that she's praying for west. <laughs> so it might be a concern. that would. I mean, imagine like Longview, John Tyler, Lufkin, College Station. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> New Caney. New, New Caney. New Caney. Was, was uh, ten and one last year? That like. Good God. <laughs> yeah. That would be fun. Now, West would be fun, yeah, I was too. about to say, sorry, as a neutral fan, that'd be amazing, but I, I understand <laughs> Either way, they're going to be, a, uh, look, they're going to be put in a tough district sure. either way. Sure, sure. The question is going to be, does it go West or does it go South? Mm-hmm. We're going to find out. That's one to keep an eye on. Keep an eye on Waco La Vega. Waco La Vega, of course, the 2018 4A Division One state champions, the 2019 4A Division One state finalist. Uh, they are what we will call a regional floater. Okay? Mm-hmm. They can be in pretty much any region. Uh, they could be in region two, which is what they were this past yeah, real been, yeah. right? They could very easily be in region three. Mm-hmm. They could be in region four, depending on where they go. They can go north, south, east, or west. There's really no telling where they're going to go. And, by the way, they're, they're, region, e- they're region four last realignment with uh, Liberty Hill. Yes, yeah. in the, yeah, so, the 2016 yeah. realignment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, were, they were in... Uh, they were in in uh, region four, they can go anywhere. Mm-hmm. They're a regional floater. And again, that's going to be instructive as to what the UIL is thinking because they are even more of an orphan yeah. now right. out there. And they could go if, if I mean, if they get, st- I mean, in the last realignment they remember they were with Brownwood and Stephenville. If they stick with Brownwood and Stephenville, they could very easily be region one. Yep. They are a, a true floater right there along I-35. Keep an eye uh, on them. Sticking for a division one, Keep an eye on Port Lavaca Calhoun. There's a number of high-profile drop-downs from 5A to 4A on the coastal bend. Most notably, Corpus Christi, Cal Allen, and Port Lavaca Calhoun. We have a pretty good idea that Cal Allen is going to be put with Miller, who's also dropping down, uh, with Toloso Midway. Those are not the same ISD, but they probably keep the Corpus schools together, right? Does the UIL lump Calhoun into there? Or do they send them over with teams like Alice, mm-hmm. uh, teams like um, uh, Zapata, uh, Laferia? Do they basically send them south? Right. That's what's going to be very interesting. Where does how does the UIL take into account um, Port Lavaca Calhoun? Because there's a lot of intrigue as to where they go. Uh, heck, they could go to um, they could go to El Campo, right? El Campo is not that far from Port Lavaca, mm-hmm. and that could put them in Region Three. 
very interesting to keep an eye on, on what Port Lavaca Calhoun is going to do. Another high-profile drop-down from 3A to 2A is Cisco. Cisco, where they go and specifically what region they go in is going to be very interesting. Do they go into Region 1? Do they go into Region 2? Where they go, they're going to be a contender. So keep an eye on Cisco at the 2A ranks. What do they look like? What is their real alignment draw? And then finally in the six-man ranks, I wanted to keep an eye on Motley County. Motley County's been a power in the six-man ranks kind of forever, but most notably these past couple of years, under Coach Mike Bigham, they've done an unbelievable job of being a contender. They are another team that I think a lot of people just assume, oh, they're, you know, they're West Texas. Of course they'll be Region 1. Six-man football, because of the way, because of the where those 1A teams are, there's a lot of different, it's not necessarily written in stone that because they're kind of South, South, South Plains, that they're going to be on, um, that they're going to be in, in Region 1. There's a fair chance that they float over to Region 2. And in fact, if you go back a couple of realignments ago, they were in District 9 when they were in Region, so they would be in Region 3. There's a fair, I mean, there is a greater than zero chance that they float over to the east side of this 1A Division Two bracket, uh, 1A Division Two bracket. Keep an eye on Motley County, of course, uh, a state uh, a state finalist from a, this past year. Keep an eye on Motley County where they go in 1A Division Two. Of course, we'll have complete coverage of the, UI, to the 2020 UIL realignment coming up here on Monday. But it's all throughout the week. We got a Texas Football slash realignment brought to you by our friends at James Hardy. So check it out, TexasFootball.com slash realignment. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's, and of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. Please consider becoming Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. It helps make shows like this possible. There you go. All right. Let me take a sip of this because I think I'm trying to get sick. Don't do that. Hank is just a bucket of disease that lives in my home. Uh. Okay. So, let's talk about college football in the state of Texas for a moment. Mm -hmm. We have two new college football head coaches in the state of Texas at the FBS level. Mm -hmm. uh, we have Jeff Trailer taking over at UTSA, uh, and we have Dave Aranda taking, on, taking over at Baylor. Mm -hmm. Let's work under the assumption that neither of those guys are going to get fired after one year. Right. Yeah, that's fair. You would yep. think that's that would be for on the field. Correct. Things. Yes. Yeah. Obviously, we can't. Let's say obviously it's like oh, there's wrong. You know, <laughs> obviously, any we possibility is correct. Out there, right. right? Anything is possible. Yes. But we're going to focus on on the field results. It is extremely hard to imagine that Dave Aranda and Jeff Trailer are only going to get one year at their respective schools. Yes. That leaves ten FBS teams mm -hmm. in the state of Texas, right? And how many of those had a new coach last year? Right? Mm -hmm. This past year. Matt Wells mm -hmm. was a new coach there. Uh, is he the only one? Jake Spavadol. Jake Spavadol, Tex Texas State. And I think that... Uh, and well, forget, I feel and like Dana Holgerson. Yes, Houston. Dana Holgerson. Okay. Yes. So those are, those, those are three, right? Right. M my question heading into this year, I think last year, going into the 2019 tech, uh, Texas college football season, mm -hmm. we had a pretty good idea. We looked at this and we go, you know what? Yeah. Love Frank Wilson. But this is a make-or-break year for him, mm -hmm. right? I think we are entering this year, the 2020 college football season, without a coach on the hot seat. Mm. Mm. I, mm. 
I'm, I'll be honest. I think we are. Mm. Who do you think's on the hot seat? I will, right now, if UTEP wins one game again next year. Yeah. Maybe. But I'm also, that would be, this would be a third year under Dana Dimmel. Yes. I have, I am under the impression from what I, from what I, I understand out there in El Paso that they want to give him four years. They want to give fine. him a full recruiting I agree cycle. with that. If they win one game, I, I don't think Maybe. that holds. Maybe. Right. I, I'll I'll say this. I think the, I think UTEP it, from from what I understand, UTEP is pretty committed to Dana Devil. Sure, and they want to. I mean, they should be. It's, it, yeah. No matter who takes that job, whatever they do, it is a long term build. Right. But if they lose again, this if they lose if they win one game and lose to Rice again, because Rice is the other team that's like the long term vision mm-hmm. of Mike Bloomgren, and that's in similar situations where they have recruiting, you know, uh, mm-hmm. uh, 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 certain recruiting handcuffs, I should say, mm-hmm. you know, uh, with academics in their um, – in Rice's case, but if they're like if they're getting lapped by Rice in the building process, like then I think they start to like okay, what's happening here? Like we have it's maybe not, it's not similar jobs, but it's similar handcuffs and restraints on what the expectations are of that program in a long term build. And I'd what I, I'd argue that what Mike Bloomgren is trying to do at Rice is a little bit tougher scheme wise mm-hmm. than what Dana Dimmel's trying to do at UTEP. I and, agree with and that. So if they get lapped again and go one eleven, I think Dana Dimmel's on the hot seat. We had a comment from Jacob John earlier that said someone, I can say his name later, but is in a room a room temp seat instead of the hot seat, more of a room temp yeah. seat. And I think that there are quite a few coaches that you could argue are in that room okay. temperature seat. Let's run through them. We'll go, through, we'll go in alphabetical order, right? Sure. We'll start with Baylor, mm-hmm. Dave Aranda. Fine. He's going fine. to be fine, guys. He That's is cool. not going to – he could go I, – I really believe – if they go 0 and 12, which yeah, they won't, it, it, I don't think they'd even they'd fire him then. Like really and truly, I think they they would want to keep him for. Let's just say that. All right. Again, we're talking on the field stuff. Houston, Dan Holgerson. It would only be a second year. Yeah. It seems like they've committed a lot of mm-hmm. capital mm-hmm. towards oh, yeah, Dana Holgerson's vision. He'd go into 2021 on the hot seat. Yeah. Yes. If they go like. That I agree with. So a room temperature yeah. seat. I think that I'd say it's a room temperature seat, barring. Disaster. Yeah. If they win six, seven games, I think he's fine. I think after the whole Derek King thing, they're definitely bought in on him at least. That's fine. You know, yeah. for, for oh, yeah. to let all of that happen and then the transfer, they're like, okay, we're sticking yeah. with this guy. Barring zero and twelve, I'll okay. say that. Yeah. All right, that's fine. Dana's fine. okay. I tend to agree. Mm-hmm. I tend to agree. All right. Uh, North Texas. Uh, Seth Luttrell, I think he is still has a lot of goodwill from that fantastic year a couple of years ago. I know right. things are not trending necessarily in the best direction. Mm-hmm. I have a hard time believing that North Texas is going to say, like, again, let's work under the assumption that they don't go 0-12, mm-hmm. right? I have a hard time believing that they are going to go. I, I'm talking about when I say hot seat. Yeah. I mean that a— that, If you win four games, missing, they're, they're yeah. looking for an excuse to fire right. you. Right, right. They're looking for a reason to fire you. Yes. I don't think North Texas is looking for a reason to fire Seth Luttrell. No. I think it's more detrimental to his own personal agenda than Right, like he, if, he wants to, if he wants another job. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. If he, like, he should have taken the Kansas State job the year beforehand. Right. And he didn't, and now it's not training Stock's the right looking way. looking a little— so. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, so agreed. Yes. Okay. There's that. Uh, let's see. Baylor, Houston, Rice, North, uh, North Texas, Rice. Mm-hmm. Mike Bloomgren, say what you want about him. I, I feel like they're they're, up. they're trending in the right direction. Mm-hmm. There is now proof of concept that mm-hmm. things may be working for Mike Bloomgren. Beyond that, uh, it seems like they are committed to him. That even you know, look, uh, if they have the same year they had this year at three and nine, I still think he's fine. Yep. 
I think that, you know, maybe 2021 is the year where they're going to start expecting results. But I, you know, Rice has also traditionally not been a quick trigger program. Mm -hmm. They have been generally, we're going to let this thing cook a little bit. So I feel like he's going to be fine. SMU, Sonny Dykes is Uh, pretty minted right now. I would say that based on what they were able to do in 2019, it, you know, if they go five and seven, I think they'd be like, "Oh, it's disappointing," but you're still good because you won nine games in 2000 and 2019. So there's that. TCU, they are not firing Gary they're Patterson not, ever. He's, honestly, he's he's. He we talk we talk about Aranda and uh, uh, who's the other head coaching hire. Uh, just trailer. trailer. We talk about the uh, Gary Patterson's b- Same safer one. than those guys. Same one. Oh, <laughs> yeah. no. Safer no, 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 than no. those guys. He's literally no. the next Bull Snyder. <laughs> Correct. <Yeah. laughs> Correct. He could literally go 0 12 and they would not fire him. Yeah. It's like, yeah, hey, we got to figure out what's wrong with uh, the players like, right. <laughs> before yeah, Gary. Like, exactly. <laughs> let's get to an interesting one Texas. That's There is going to be, and I know that there are Texas fans because Texas is known for having a quick trigger, right? For whereas Rice is not, Texas definitely is. I don't see it. Like again, like maybe it's just because the past two years they've had they've had those big they've had wins, mm-hmm. maybe in bowl games. Yeah. But they've had wins that I think helped solidify his status there in Texas. Right. Now, if they go five and seven, yes, twenty twenty one. That's what I'm thinking. Twenty twenty one things get real hot. Or even I say, I say even if they like like this year if they don't win the bowl game this year. Yeah. Like if they go seven and six, mm-hmm. right? I think obviously with with the bowl win, obviously last year it helped too with the Sugar Bowl. Like it, it helps smooth everything over yes. a little bit going into the offseason. But I think if they go, if they lose that bowl game or if they have something similar happen, they go six and seven dropping the bowl mm-hmm. game. Okay, then 2021. I think 2021 is the year because people see 2020 as the year where, okay, you got your senior quarterback, mm-hmm. you got this defense that's experienced. Right. This is like, okay, I feel like he has a, I feel like he has a win floor to hit. Yeah. But I don't feel like he's on the hot seat necessarily. I agree. I feel like he has to win nine more ga- nine or more games, mm-hmm. un- or and if he doesn't, then he's on then the hot seat. Then 2021 is going right. to be very hot and awesome. The, Sa- right. the Sam Ellinger and everything, like you said, the seniors coming back, that yeah. makes the world a difference. Right, right. Totally agree. Okay, Texas A&M. Texas A&M, obviously in an interesting situation. So as much uh, – sorry, they're not firing Jimbo. They're not there's firing too Jimbo. much money. No, yeah, there's way too <laughs> like, much money. They've already they've guaranteed him seventy five million dollars over seven years. He could on it. He could win three games this year, and it's like, well, right. We'll see what happens in twenty twenty one. Right, <laughs> like, they'll be fine. Like he's not he's not going anywhere. Okay, he's yeah. not going anywhere. Again, we're talking on the field things. Obviously, if if something blows up off field, as far as scandals concerned, all this right. goes out the window for right. all these teams. Right, there's too much money attached right. to Jimbo. Texas A&M, Texas State. Jake Spavital is in his second year. It's a build there at Texas State. They're um, not. They're not a program that can afford to hire and fire coaches in two years. Correct. No. Yeah, I totally agree with yeah. that. They. They are not a. Pro- they. They have to have some consistency there. Mm-hmm. And even if they do the exact same thing they had this year, right? They're going to keep Spavital at least for a third year. Again, mm-hmm. you want to talk about they? If they have a bad year, if they go one eleven this year, sure. Then twenty twenty one gets kind of ooh, okay. Mm-hmm. But I still think he, even for 2021, I would have a hard time believing that they would cut bait with him after three years. Yeah, someone, I mean, as someone familiar with that program, Larry Tice does not, uh, firing Withers after year three was a big thing. Yeah. Like, it was like, oh, he did it. Like, yeah. Uh, okay. Like, that's that's something unusual. Right. Okay. Texas State. Texas Tech. Matt Wells also, second year. I just don't nice. feel like they are going to get rid of, of Matt Wells after two years. Nope. Just plain and simple. Again, if he has a bat, if they go three and three and nine this year, mm-hmm. and they don't show any signs of life, mm-hmm. uh, then twenty twenty one could be interesting for Matt Wells. But I do not anticipate that to be a, a situation. Uh, we talked about Utah. Mm-hmm. 
I think we're on different different sides of this. Sure. I think he's probably safe. Mm-hmm. Now again, you're talking. I think 2021 is one of those years that could get really hot for him. Fair. And then there's UTSA. UTSA. It's fine. Uh, it just feels hired. like <laughs> yeah. It just hired. They're not going to fire him. So again, I come back to this, and and I think we are now a year away from a, lot of from a really like musical chairs of hot seat. Sure. Right. Could be a lot, but I do not anticipate. 20, I, I don't enter 2020 thinking, boy, this is a win or else year mm-hmm. for pretty much anybody in the state. Here, here's a question I have for you. So actually, both the, this is probably something that we can talk about. It's usually a question we have in the magazine as far as our survey goes mm-hmm. for writers. Give me a program in 2021 that will have a new coach for whatever reason. In 2021? After this year, fired, hired away, whatever. Retire, whatever. That's a good one. Um, I will say SMU. I think I would agree with this. I think Sonny Dykes uh, is. I think there's a fair chance that a Power Five, if they have another good yep. year mm-hmm. in 20, 2020, I think there's a fair chance that a Power Five program comes calling and mm-hmm. says, "Hey, why don't you come and we'll run it back?" We know right. that you know what you've been able to do. At that point, there will be a lot of really positive results around Sonny Dykes. Mm-hmm. He would be the guy that I would immediately lean to. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's probably that's probably the the one that I would that would go with. Do you have any sort of disagreement? No, I, I completely agree with that. I think that's the most likely. If I had to give a second one, I would say like if if Seth Latrell could have just another unbelievable yeah. year, I do think he is under that Mike Leach tree, which is really really trending. He's got the connections, mm-hmm. uh, some type of OU job opened up, you know, just something like yeah. that. I think that he would probably be the next best, but he's got to have just one of those another unbelievable years. If you're having, if if we're talking about a ten win North Texas team, mm-hmm. then he's going to get some overtures from some other programs. Mm-hmm. And whereas the last time they were really good, he passed on it and kind of exactly. bet on himself. He's going to take it. I feel time. like this time he'll be like, okay, I'm going. And I think here's why, here's why I think if that happens, I think Latrell would leave before Dykes because where are Dykes ties? Yeah. Southeast, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's really no big jo- – like I thought if some, he would leave for like an Ole Miss yeah. or if like Mark Stoops at Kentucky got the Florida State job. I thought that was more his range. There's one job in particular that I'm really interested in that I think Seth Latrell would take if he has a successful year, and it's if someone gets fired at Arizona because he was yeah. a co- yeah. he was an OC there. He has experience there. I think he was a co-OC actually mm-hmm. at Arizona under uh, I don't know if that was Rich Rod maybe. Um, I think that's a job that if he even I think even if he crosses that seven to eight win threshold, yeah, yeah, and I, I think, think that that's, that's a possibility for him. Having Mason Fine gone for them to if they were to bring in yeah. a new quarterback and completely just obliterate the season, I mean it would. Yeah, I think that that's something people are still – I feel like people are still high on the Seth Luttrell thing. That yeah. might just be the North Texas in me, but – So there you go. There's some hot seat talk for you in the, on this January 28th. <laughs> and now we go to Ashley Pickle for America's second favorite segment, Final Thoughts. Um, we had a correct answer to Yay! our question, which was – Who was the 11 Texas high school ball 11-man record holder for single-game rushing – excuse me, single-game rushing yards? And the winner was Tony. Oh, he of course it was. Matt Gaddick. <laughs> Matt Gaddick. Matt Gaddick uh, from McKinney. And we were talking about this. Yeah. As the credits were rolling, the opening credits, Matt Gaddick ran for 599 yards against Plano East in 2017. 599. The same night. I think it was the same night. It was like within, it was either the same night or like within like three, two or three weeks of each other. DeMarkway Foster ran for 580 yeah. against Decatur. Yeah. Uh, yes, it was a. Bonkers, bonkers game for Matt Gaddick, the all-time 
11-man Texas High Football single-game rushing leader. Uh, so, Tony, we will send you this sticker for you. Anything else? Uh, there was a realignment question. Do you want to answer the realignment question, or do you want to wait? Go. Ask my <laughs> – go. All right. David Garza asked, does Refurio stay down south in the same district, or do they move back over with Shiner? Um, it's interesting – I get the feeling that they that the UIL will probably keep them in district. What were they? Fifteen this past year, uh, this past realignment. I think that they'll probably. My gut feeling is that they will stay there. Uh, if you take a look at our mock realignment there, um, we've got them in district sixteen. I'm sorry, district sixteen. Um, kind of spreading things out. I, I think they will. One thing that'll be interesting. Speaking of two A Division one Region four, keep an eye on Mason. Mm -hmm. Mason has been Region four. But they've also been Region 2 before because they are w they're west. Like, they're pretty far west, like basically Concho Valley. So it's possible that they go into Region 2. I feel like Refurio's probably sticking away from Shiner. Um, that's kind of got my gut feeling because there wasn't a ton of, of um, population shift in the 2A Division 1 ranks. I would say that I'm looking at maybe Shiner in District 15 and Refurio in District 16, something like that. Did so. we do first four? No. Sweet. Okay. Uh, Stephen, Cassie, Allison, Brown, William, Dyson, and Rob Hadaway. Good job, guys. That's going to do it for us. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com for Ashley Pickle and Ishmael Johnson. I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please give your player of the year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow on Texas Football Today.